So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See Jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, Welcome everybody. everybody. Uh-oh. <laughs> to this Tuesday edition of, we we have somebody's speakers that are up a little too high. Maybe if you could turn them down. Just there we go. I don't hear an echo now. Welcome everybody to this Tuesday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields, and here to my left, as ever, Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I am still healthy. That's amazing. And wonderful. The seaweed saga continues. Yes, yes, the saga of the seaweed. I have the saga of the seaweed. I have just received my order because I I turned around and ordered some right after I got our box of, of introductory and uh, and I have to say this man is very hands on Scott Kennedy because I placed the order I clicked checkout I got my confirmation and before I could get through the click print choose the printer my phone rang and it was Scott. And he was like, "Hey, I see you ordering stuff. Did did we? Did I not send you a? Yes, you did. But I got friends that all want to be on it now, so I had to order more." He's like, "Oh, okay." And we talked for a minute, and he heard about Amy that uh, I'm homeschooling my goddaughter, and that I had given her the bottle of Jonah. And he said, "Well, how many are you having her take?" And I said, "I've got her taking two. And, well, that's one and a half of the adults. She she could take four or six. I'm going to throw three bottles of Jonah in there for for her." I was just like. Scott, can't make any promises and, what do for everybody, but uh, you know, uh, if you well, make two what, orders what he, right prompt, you know, like that, what he'll do for what he'll do. what he'll do for everybody. Did he not give what us he will do? For however, yes. That, that, see, that's that was a segue. It's a radio thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what he will do for every member of the Everyday Connection family, and that's what we call all of our listeners, all the broadcast listeners. All of our past guests, most of them, uh, is EC family, Everyday Connection family. And so if you'll go to his, Scott's website at pharmacy.com, just click on the order products, order some Super C Veg or the one with vitamin D and calcium, for the, particularly for the ladies, uh, or Jonah for the kids, or C Veggie Tales for the dogs, and or all of the above. And... When you get ready to, before you check out, there's a little box for a coupon code, and you just put EC Family, all one word, all caps, EC Family, and you get 15% off your entire order. Only works once that's per, absolutely... uh, per, you know, family, but man, that's awesome. We love it when people it's give us. totally, totally, totally awesome. Um, I know I've given the code out a few times because 
I I'm gonna have to order more because I keep giving my pills away. <laughs> right? That's that would be one reason because, that I ordered more is because everybody was like, "Give me some more of that." Because they see how well it works, and that's the thing. I mean, you can't hide good health. You can't hide well-being. You can't hide excitement and and I've never seen joy. You can't like hide that. that from people. I've never seen anything work. And, like and that. so people are no, and people are like. Why? How? What the hell is going on with you? What happened? How did you go from near death door to, you know, ready to run a marathon and wanting to start to work out again within a week? Like how do you how do you do that? My answer, of course, is sea veg. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have believed it. I, I didn't believe it and I'm I'm still we every sound day like I'm Scott in now. shock. We sound like Scott yeah, now, and I really thought like Scott. that Scott was over the top when he was on the show. I thought I, he was a I little... I get it, though, because yeah. every day I see something new that's really cool that the sea veg is doing. Like, I have eczema, and all of a sudden my eczema, or sorry, psoriasis, is clearing up. Okay? So now my skin, I've got this really... I'm 36, and I have this really cool red cherry glow on my cheeks now. That showed up like three days ago so it's kind of like i have this teenage complexion going on on my face and i'm 36 years old um you know and and i i wouldn't believe the whole diet thing either and i've only been on today's i think day nine but it it has become more natural for me to eat healthier foods so i don't know i don't yeah i can't i don't know i certainly can't accredit it to anything else I you're doing because I'm not taking out. Well, you were doing a cleanse and a thing, and and but when I got it, I wasn't doing all those things. And and yeah, but now boom. I'm not and, doing anything else other and, than sea veg. The improvements are still happening. My friend Jennifer, I gave her, I don't know, I, I I think I gave her six or eight capsules, and I said take one of these with each meal, which is you know that an adult can easily take two with each meal. You can take six, but you know I said take one with each meal, call it three a day. And the second day, she said, maybe I should not take one at dinner because I need to sleep. <laughs> I was like, what? She said, yeah, they got to call this stuff sea crack or something. I can't sleep, man. But I've cleaned my entire apartment and the baseboards and everything. And I was like, okay, good. And and she had been now, in the bed for two weeks. And so we need to what we need to make clear is for those of you who are listening tonight who missed the original show, this is – See vegetation. There's absolutely no synthetic man-made hoo-hahs in this, okay? No. It is strictly sea vegetation. And the reason it does what we're telling you it does, and honestly, if, if I could just give people a week's worth just to let them try it, if I could afford to do that, I would, just because I believe that anybody who tries this is going gonna, is gonna to get what we're saying. But... The reason it works, the way it works, is because your body is a self-regenerating system. Your body is designed at the cellular level to continue to rejuvenate itself and regenerate itself. But if you do not feed the base cellular structure, the nutrients that it needs, and we all know that, especially in Western society, we do not through our diet because our diets are horrible, our habits are horrible, and we're all the same, you know, so... You would have to eat ridiculous amounts of vegetation in order to feed your cells what they need to continue to rejuvenate at that level. And you got to go and find which but one's got the alpha this and the this yeah. and that. And 
But the sea veg has all of the stuff that you need, and it's in a pill form. And that's there's just, the miracle because I don't just I don't think, believe ladies. in. How jealous you are, you'll see an Oriental woman, a Japanese woman, and you say, I've heard many, many of my friends say, these Japanese women, they just don't seem to age. Their skin is so, they eat a large amount of sea vegetation every day in the average Japanese diet. And so they have the highest rate of smoking and the lowest rate of lung cancer. How does that match up? So, I mean, you know what, an example. We, do sound, we do sound like a, an infomercial, but and as we will our health continues to improve, um, we're, we promised we would keep you posted, and I do encourage people to go and, and check this out. Don't take our word for it. Never take our word for anything, ever. Go no. figure it out for yourselves. But I'm telling you, we, we don't give you our word on much. <laughs> and this is pretty wow so far. It, it's pretty cool. It, it is. It's yeah. pretty cool. I haven't felt this bloody good right. about life and everything about life in years and years and years. And we'll take that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. 2013 effect Yay. and all, we'll take that. So uh, <laughs> so there you have it, pharmacy.com, uh, coupon code EC family. It'll, it'll be on the archive of tonight's show. It'll be a nice picture you can click on. And uh, uh, But uh, it really couldn't come with a higher recommendation. So, Jane, you think we've passed the patient's test for the guest? I bet you she, yeah, I think she passed. Yeah. She definitely passed. We can let her talk now, I think. (laughs) We get excited to get on our soapbox. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have with us this evening um, singer, songwriter, recording artist, Billboard Top 40 artist, actually, um, Kim Cameron, uh, who's with Side FX. Kim, welcome. How are you guys doing? Great. Fantastic. Um, I want to know, are you guys turning any kind of green color as you as you inhale? Is that what you're doing? You're, you're inhaling this on a morning, uh, every morning basis? Or? Oh, they're capsules. No, and uh, the kids capsules. come in capsules or chewable. Or no, anything? No, no, no. Okay. Just, just not, even ro- not even rolling it around sushi. And, okay. And, and Although oh. that's pretty good, too. I like that seaweed, too. I mean, you know, do you put them in the blender and, uh, you know, add a little vodka and call it a... <laughs> no, you know what? I feel like it, though. I if I if I could go back to if I could go back to my teenage years where I experimented with every single drug that I could find under the sun, um, I might as well be on speed for, for the effect that this is having on my body. But I have fibromyalgia, and I'm used to being tired and in pain and... and Irritable every day, almost all day. I haven't been in pain or tired in seven days. That's so like a miracle. She's bouncing off the walls. It's it's. I'm totally bounced off the walls. We, we I, were talking the way I think it works. I. We were talking the other day, and we said, you know, I don't know how to explain it to people, except maybe it's kind of like, you know, for the average person working every day, and you know, every once in a while, that joy you get from you got to have a pajama day where you get to stay in pajamas. I I had a clothing day not long ago because I started this stuff and that's it's just well I've done things recently I haven't been able to do in six years so pretty awesome stuff anyway we we don't want to steal your show <laughs> I'm loving this I I, lo- but, I love all this green talk 
But it's, uh, it's the most natural supplement in the world, really. And it's it's to me, it honestly, how it feels to me is how it would feel if I was living off of a diet of pure sunshine. It's the dead of winter over here. It's cold as shit. It's like minus 21 degrees at night, hardly any sun. And I feel as energized right now as I do in the summer when it's the most beautiful it is outside and I'm just enjoying life. Nice. And, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. I don't this all started with Dr. Terry Walls. She came on the show. And um, she had MS. And she's a doctor. She teaches at the University of Iowa and uh I think it's Iowa, not Iowa State, but um, and she's the deputy head of the VA hospital up there, et cetera, et cetera. And she was just looking for a way to try to make, you know, to to cushion her fall. She knew she was going to die soon because she was a doctor and she knew what her position, her stage, what did she call it? Stage three progressive. Something. It was really bad. Well, let's simplify. You know. I asked her, so you knew you were screwed, and she said, "Yes, I knew I was screwed." And she went and started having. Um, you know, mixture of greens and a, she came up with a recipe of it's almost like a paleo diet. Um, and uh, again, she was just looking to be a little more comfortable. And she now rides her bike back and forth to work five miles a day, and is doing formal federally funded studies on the effects of eating things like kale and spinach. And uh, and and we were totally in favor of that, but it was difficult, wasn't it, Jane? Three cups of green. It was very difficult. It's expensive. It's challenging. It's time-consuming. And there's no way that any normal mother with teenagers and kids out there um, is going to be able to pull off getting your family, especially yeah, we, men being as stubborn as they are and pig-headed about their their foods hey, that they ingest. Hey, getting I your it, that well, remark. Okay. Ha, ha, ha. But you know what? The average man is not going to switch over to green diet, a paleolithic diet, just because his wife has decided that she wants to improve her health and well-being. And the average teenager is certainly not going to ingest. And we all, we all know that they eat colors. like you tell them to yeah. at lunch, right? The teenagers. Right. <laughs> yeah. So there needs to be a simpler way to do it, and that's where this guy came along. Um, our first show back at, on the new year, this guy comes along and says, I have a, sim- I have a simple way to do exactly the same thing. It started it's with his mother having been diagnosed with MS, actually. So it, it even started at the same spot, but he didn't have the the resources that Dr. Walls did, and so he started doing his own research. and And his poor mother, he fed her the seaweed. It didn't come in little capsules, but he he farms his he farms his seaweed off the coast of Ireland, uh, up there in some pretty clean, pristine waters, and uh, and it's a blend of green and brown, and it, it's awesome. I'm hush now about the pharmacy. We want to talk about some music. You should. You could write talk about music. like like the well, soundtrack. I actually can help you segue to use your earlier term, Rick. Oh, off, right. uh To uh, um, to a song discussion because one of my songs um, off of my most recent album is called "Live It Wild" and it's actually about a woman who had this very debilitating disease and she she basically couldn't do anything she was in pain beyond belief she had cancer of the throat so she couldn't eat she couldn't enjoy the simple things anymore that of course made her weak um she has uh since then you know passed away but you know the the, the song was actually written in the 
spirit of her um, because it's um, it's really about, you know, you've only got one chance and you've got to make it for all you can. And uh, so it reminded me as you were telling me the story about the woman with MS that uh, that was one of the inspirations, a, a woman's not with MS, but something that is equally as debilitating was the inspiration of one of my songs. Awesome. And that so, is awesome. Jean, shall we shall we rewind and ask the famous question? Well, sure. <laughs> I want to hear more about the song though and about this woman <laughs> and how she started. But okay, yeah, okay, we'll ask her first. <laughs> Who on earth are you and what do you do? What <laughs> say that again? I said, who on earth are you and what do you oh, do? Oh, who am I? Oh, who on earth? You know, you have a little bit of a Canadian accent going on there. Oh, just a wee bit. I'm, I, I might have a wee bit of a Canadian accent going on there. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because um, I'm Canadian, eh? <laughs> that's right. Um, and I didn't know that, but I could hear it in your in your voice. So um, then it, it, you kind of kind of gave it away. But I am. Um. Uh, well, who who am I? I am a singer-songwriter. I have this incredible band that travels with me. We go all over the place and and sing, you know, great stories. And uh, we've done four albums together so far. Um, we've been together for about four four and a half years, I guess it is. And uh, we've kind of morphed ourselves into different directions, but um, and that was the first part of your question, right? Yeah. There was a second part. What was the second part? So, who are you, and what do you do? Yeah. It I guess started, you covered well, that. Last year it was who the hell are you, and what do you do? This year it's who on earth are you, and what do you do? Who on earth? Yeah, we're growing up a little. Okay. A very little. I haven't made it to hell well, yet. I'm hoping to avoid that one. New age and new expectations is there the way go. I'm looking at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. Well, you do have a a, a great band, and uh, I've been uh, spent some time over with YouTube and Reverb Nation and, and checked out your guys' stuff. and uh, Good stuff. Uh, electronic dance, or would you, you like know, to not be in a genre, or...? Um, that, you know, it's funny. We've been accused of crossing genres. Um, and, you know, my answer to that, because our first album was really more of a, you know, pop rock album. Our second album was more um, alternative pop. Our um, third album, which wasn't a, a, as big of an album as the other ones, it was it was more of an EP, but it was, I would say, you know, dead on pop music. And then this one is um, Dead on Electronica. And so um, people say, well, you're you're switching around. And my answer to that is, well, no, we write um, music based on where we are, the culture. And, you know, when you, when you write songs and you put out an album, you're usually writing them a year before you release everything because it takes a while to, you know, get things exactly where you want them and produced and then shuffled out. And so... Five years ago, which is is more like five and a half years ago, um, you know the the kind of indie rock scene was was still pretty big, and you know then 
you saw, you know, a year and a half later, all of a sudden alternative pop started taking um, its roots. And, you know, then the pop scene just exploded. And, and right now, you know, it's all about dance and electronica. So it's, we've just sort of morphed as, as um, you know. Well, and it, it can, it, it always has to sort of it, to take into account where the songwriter is in their life. And we're, we're hardly one-sided people. Yeah, well, we're influenced by what's going around us. And I would say as a band and, and for me personally as, as a songwriter, I'm very much influenced by what's around me because all of my songs are about either things I've experienced or what people I've met have experienced. I I do have more songs on this current album about me than I have on any of the other albums, but um, you know, a lot of them are just about different people I've I've met and and they've given me inspiration for songs. I find songwriting is much easier if you have a you know a story to tell and you know people are the best the best places to start for stories. Oh, rich, rich field there, and I know even absolutely even Martin Scorsese says he spends most of his time looking around for inspiration. People are like, somebody like you needs inspiration. Yeah, you get really old. <laughs> I I don't understand why it should be an issue for any artist to play in in different areas of creativity. It doesn't make sense to me, in fact, for an artist of any kind to stay stagnant using either one genre or or you know, I mean I, I know a lot of the really famous paintings used different methodologies throughout their their careers you know they would start with water watercolors and then they would switch to oils and then they would switch to walls and i why should it be any different for a musician it doesn't make but, sense to me for you to no, stay stagnant i i agree with you um but i will say there's kind of a couple different points to that uh one is if you are a venue or you're a festival or something like that um, you you want to be able to advertise who's coming and, you know, if, if oh, side effects are coming, what is side effects going to play? I mean, if you don't have any idea, um, well, am I appealing to the fans? Am I appealing to the pop fans? Am I, you know, what what is it that I'm, you know, appealing to if I hire them? So there's a little bit, you know, you don't want to create confusion. You want people to know what they're getting. Um, so that's that's kind of one side of it. Uh, the other side of it is, you know, I there is some valid points when people, you know, I'm I'm probably more expert at writing pop music more than anything else. Now I've written other things, but pop music is very easy for me to write. Um, you know, do I want to write other things? And I have written other things. It's much harder. It's much harder for me to write country. It's you know, uh, much harder for me to write something in the R&B. Um, blues is very hard for me. So it's it's not that I don't want to or, or maybe um, might come up with a good song, but it's it's not my area of expertise, unlike pop music is, you know, coming up with a pop lyric and, and a pop hook is, is second nature to me. Okay, and I I understand that that makes that makes sense to a certain extent, but at the same time, I just I can't imagine 
any fan, true fan, who really embraces the the beauty that is the soul and the spirit behind artistic creation, any fan that would expect um, one of their favorite you. artists to, re- to yeah to remain stagnant is um, I just don't understand that concept. I just you know, and I, I can understand the venues needing to know who's performing well, and what they're performing of. Like, but I mean, even if you look like at Madonna's went, career, how many times did she change? Yeah, and it's not like you went from heavy genres. metal to country and western all on the same album. Yeah, uh, although I do have a heavy metal song. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I that was my it was a really hard song, but I really wanted to write a heavy metal song. So it took it, again, it took me a long time because it's not my specialty, but I really wanted to do it. And, you know, you're absolutely right, Nikki. Fans are much more interested in hearing all sorts of stuff and they're much more forgiving on people, you know, exploring stuff outside of their comfort zone and outside of the box and um, uh, it's more of an industry when you talk about venues and you talk about, you know, radio charts, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit, um, I mean, Taylor Swift has really crossed over as a pop artist and, you know, that's just because she's so popular, right? Because they would have just kept yeah. her in the country zone forever because radio doesn't want you know they they don't like things all mixed up. It's it's not comfortable to them. Yeah, it's more the radio and the, okay, and but, the record labels that tend to put people in little boxes and, yep, and the I would, fans. And, no, because I, I like pushing boundaries. I really love pushing boundaries, and and you seem to me the kind of woman who's who's going to allow that. So, given the times that we now live in, where the independent artist can actually be successful because of our abilities for mass communication and. Um, you know, easy online production and sales direct from artists to the fans. Is it really okay for us to continue to allow the industry to dictate to us what kind of music and what kind of art we want to purchase? Or has the time not come for the fans, specifically the fans, to stand up and say, no, you know, this is our industry. It has nothing to do with the guy in the suit who's trying to sell me the artist. It has everything to do with me, the listener, and the artist who's producing the music. I would say it is time for the fans to stand up and do that, but... They, they, the fans have to do a couple things for that to happen. One is they have to stop stealing music. Um, so that's kind of the first thing. And the second is... Absolutely, totally agree with that. Totally yeah. agree with that. You can't expect an artist to work for free. Um, and the second thing is, you know, you, you really have to... Um, you have to really go back before the recession and think about the drive you had to go out and see live music. People have gotten so connected to their computer and their BlackBerry and their iPad that they've become complacent. And so what you find is they, they're they okay sitting at home or they're okay watching some you know YouTube video where only half the crowd that would have normally came came because somebody had their phone up and they were you know taping the whole thing and you know this fans like oh that looked like it was pretty interesting but I'm going to sit home and you know watch it on my computer <laughs> um, so those things have a they have a pretty big impact because what you're seeing is artists can't tour as much 
because it can't count on people and fans coming out. And it had kind of gotten to where, with the, the pirating of CDs and 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 uh, peer-to-peer downloading, and Napster started it, I guess, in a big way. That touring was where artists made more of their money because the albums weren't selling. Right. And so it now, was. if they can't count on you to, if you can't count on the fans to come see you on tour, you're kind of, whoops. Yeah, and it's it, you know it, it's it's kind of worse than that because you will have fans that will always come out right because that's you know there are live music lovers out there. Um, the problem is because when you go out on the road, it's so expensive. You you can't have just your diehard. You need your diehard fans then to bring people that haven't heard of you and come and have a good time. And that's where you you really see the the recession impacting because people. You know, well, you know, I don't really want to spend money and go out and, you know, then I'm going to have to have a drink and then I'm going to have to pay for parking, you know, whatever the answer and, is. And what if I do all of that and I don't really like them as much as I've only heard the one song? And- right. And I can go on YouTube and, and see the same thing. So, you know, right. why, why bother to do it? And so what happens is you have these sort of partial crowds that show up um, and that, that doesn't even, it, it just doesn't even come close to covering touring bands' costs. Yeah, and it's got to be tougher, I would think, than in, um, you know, Jane's an author and big believer in the independent author and independent publishing, and and but like myself, I I yeah. I can't hardly sit at the computer and read a PDF, but I can sit and watch a video. But, but I get what she's saying because I mean, as an author, it's just super expensive for me to do book signings. So for me to travel from town to town as an independent author is well nigh impossible unless I know for a fact that I will have the sales in the town I'm in. And that's where promoters come in. So I understand that end of it. Um, But again, you know, I mean, as an independent artist, I'm always trying to encourage the fans to, you know, take it upon themselves to make sure that these artists are taken care of so they can continue to express that creativity that makes them so lovable. Yeah, it, it's it's an interesting um it, it, I'm I'm seeing it, it it's a very interesting sort of situation and and you would think with all of our new marketing gadgets and our fixation with all of our electronics that we would have this information overload of artists. And I continue to be amazed um, at, for instance, there were a, a couple of concerts that just came through here in D.C. And I read about them after the fact, and I actually would have gone. And I thought, how did I not see anything about these? Because they, you know, what you have is a lot of people have given up on advertising in the paper because people aren't reading the actual physical papers anymore. So they're relying on, I guess, email lists, although I never received an email. And you would think, you know, they've checked me out and said, oh, she's a music lover. We should send her anything music related. But no, I'm not getting those. So it's, I continue to be amazed that you know, things are, are being planned for, but you, we haven't really figured out how to market to folks that, that would come out. I, I still think there's a, a lack of that going on, and I just I don't really understand that myself. Well, I think it's still a, 
uh, in transition. Nobody's really sure where it's going to fall. Uh, you know, the, the the big file transfer, and I can get one song if that's what I want, and sell the record companies. Okay, we put all of our stuff online, and you can buy it for 99 cents a track. And <clears throat> They're trying to, it seems to me, find the new niche for the industry, the new way to reach the people and still pay the artists, but it's not perhaps been fully successful yet. Well, they could solve that problem tomorrow, and they have decided not to. I mean, that's that's a, um, you know, it was about four years ago, they had an offer on the table, and this could have been completely solved. And the unfortunate part is, you know, the negotiations were going on between the cable companies and, you know, the big... I guess, what do we have left? The big five, big six, you know, record company. And they got up from the table and, and left because principle, not because it wasn't a financially good deal. And, you know, it was a simple, you know, we, you really, you had Congress, everybody was agreeing to it except for the, the record labels. But, you know, Comcast was basically going to say, look, we're just going to add, you know, pick a number. 14 cents, maybe a dollar to everybody's cable bill. And then, you know, we won't, we won't monitor who's stealing what. And then that will flow down to you guys and you guys can flow that down to the artists and that, you know, everybody's happy. And when you think about it, nobody's going to care at all if they get charged, you know, a dollar, saving $2 on their cable bill and they can have unlimited music whenever they want. All right. Think about you know, it, and yet that was a deal that was offered, and they walked away. So that that problem would have been solved already. And uh, so there are things like that, that that really could solve the problem when when you're talking about artists. But um, you know, being able to get paid for things that people want them to do, um, you just don't. Right. Have, the folks. Well, have, I know that it, it. it's got to be tough on all of these various companies because they're used to having some level of control and they feel like well if i just that just hands all the control to them and they're going to get me and it seems like it's the fear-based operating system consciousness that really gets in the way i I suspect you're right i I suspect it's all uh, a complete control issue but you know the reality is they don't control anything oh it's true that's true uh oh, I think we may have lost Jean for a minute. She's being in the mountains of Quebec. She ah. uh, she has a dish on her roof for for uh, internet, so it comes and goes sometimes. <laughs> and actually, we're we're past the half hour mark here, so this might be a good time to uh, uh, play one of your songs, and then uh, I can fiddle around and. See if we can't get Jean back during the break. Um, so let's see. We have um, two of them that you sent. Feel it back, and the man I used to know. Uh, why don't you? Well, let's see. How about uh, feel it back? 
Where so did that come from? It's a very high-energy song, and it's about a you know basically a couple who has drifted apart and is really longing. At least one of the partners is really longing for them to go back to when they first fell in love. Ah, feel it back. I get yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we'll we'll play that for everybody. And uh, we'll be back in uh, just about four minutes, folks. Stay with us.
All right. Welcome back, everybody. That was Side FX with Kim Cameron, our guest tonight. And uh, for all of our podcast listeners, we know that there are many, many of you, that you are legion out there. Uh, let me I've put the link in the chat room several times, but since you guys aren't in here, it's www.sidefxband.net. That's side, S-I-D-E, F-X-B-A-N-D.net. So check them out. We will have more music to come and uh, more talk with Kim and hopefully more talk with Jean here shortly. She's moving in, ah, maybe now, as a matter of fact. We'll try that. Say hello, Jean. Hello, Jean. Aha, hi. Oh, we have the whole name confusion again. Jane. Ah. Jean Victoria Norlock is your nom de plume. Huh? Oui. Your pen name. We oui, nom de plume. Oui, oui. What we say oui. that in English even, nom de plume, I think. Ah. Well, because when I was when I was a kid in school we did and then by the time I was in high school it was pen name. And now I think it's just you know, that's what she writes by. Yes. Did you have to go up on the roof? Um, no, I actually came to my room and I tried to hardline in, and um, hardlining in actually made it worse. So I am sitting beside um, the router. The router. Okay. Well, Jean has just set up her office down in the basement of her home, which she didn't get done because she moved in and then got sick. Um, and so we're still working out the bugs of whether we hardwire or Wi-Fi or what we do from down there. And she's in a very uh, sturdily constructed house, so the Wi-Fi doesn't get through the walls well. No. No, lots of brick. Yes, Stick. lots of bricks and sticks and stones. And yeah. Yes. It's very well-made, thick. The mountains of Quebec. We again. So did I miss anything? <laughs> Well, song, and actually. then we got back from the song, and, and, and I read the thing, and here you are. Awesome. All right. James, James says you're quite clear right now, so excellent day. That's awesome. Okay, so doing show from bedroom from now on. Yay. No, um, no, we're going to get you a hardwire down there in the office, I promise. We're going to do something. <laughs> if I have to come up there and do it myself, which means we'll have to wait for the weather to warm up. It was like, it was like 17 below there today, and it was like 17 here. So, yeah, no. Can't do it. That's funny. That's Celsius, people. <laughs> 70 something, 75 here today. 70 something, 75. So, what song did we listen to? We listened to. Feel It Back. Just one? Yeah, Feel It Back. I have to scroll back down. For some reason my thing moved. Where'd they go? H I J K. <laughs> Um, which was about... Uh, There's a test. The, well, it's wanting to go back to the way it was at the beginning of the relationship, but it, she wants to go back with him the, to the way it was at the beginning? Yeah. yeah. She, 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 wants to, she wants to, like, rewind their relationship back to the way it felt at the beginning, wants to feel it back. Ah, okay. Yeah, you, I totally get that. Having been in some relationships, I'm sure you wouldn't know anything about that. I don't. Not a clue. No. Yeah, no, totally. No. Every no. relationship that um, is in, I have felt that about it at least one moment. 
happen? What? what so have have we actually gotten to the um, to the point of asking how did you get doing this? Like how did? I think you just did. <laughs> okay, perfect. Because you know that's kind of an integral part of the whole the whole whole thing. I want to know. Get everybody to tell their at story. At what point yeah. you decided to become a musician, or did you? Were you? I probably like every other artist in the world. You were born knowing you were a musician. You just had to decide that you were going to actually be true to who you were. Um, but <laughs> at what point did you decide to do that? What motivated you to do that? And how did you find your guys? And you know, how, how did you get the courage to decide to build a career on something as difficult and challenging as music? You you realize you asked like 20 questions, so but I will try to yep. hit all of them. Um, so that was very ambitious of you. But uh, so um, I've always been in music since I was little and probably started off with a love of music because I had this great experience with my dad who was just this giant Cat Stevens fan and Elvis fan and Beatles fan. And, you know, I I started off loving music because I used to dance with my dad in the living room to all of the songs that he loved. And he had these 45s and, you know, the turntable and we would just have dance parties. And, um, I started probably, you know, full-fledged in music in second grade. I um, learned how to play the clarinet and played that for years and years and years, you know, marching bands and orchestras and what have you, um, and lessons for years uh, until I became proficient. At the same time, I was also involved with a lot of school activities like musicals, and choirs. And um, what was interesting is, you know, at the time I didn't think anything of it because you're just a kid and you just kind of do what you're told to do. But I was always given lead roles or solos and I didn't really know why. I just was told to do it. So I did it. You know, there wasn't, you know, it wasn't sort of a tryout that I can recall. It was just, you know, you were picked and you did that. And so I became very comfortable on stage um, very quickly, just because it was a kind of repetitive type of event that would that would go on every year. I would perform um, consistently every year in, in one of those capacities. And uh, by the time I had hit college, I had already been in you know some cover bands, um, and then after college, I was in a cover band for years. Um, but also working, trying to, you know, use the uh, journalism degree that I got to some use and uh, pay off all my student loans. Um, and then got pretty caught up in, in the corporate life for quite a bit, um, quite a few years. And I had uh, a couple of things that happened, even though I was still doing some music on the side in my cover band as kind of my outlet. Um I had a family member who had gotten cancer, and there was a time where it was sort of a life-and-death situation, and is he going to really pull through because he had a pretty serious operation? And and uh, I remember that weekend writing my first song about him, and... I had never written a song before, but it, I was compelled to do so, and I 
it was at that point in conjunction with a conversation I had with a colleague of mine who had said, you know, Kim, you're changing, but he didn't mean that in a nice way. <laughs> he meant that in a... Ouch. And I took a look at myself, and, and he was right. I was turning into something I didn't want to be. And what I really realized was I had gotten so caught up into the corporate life that I I was really unhappy. And so I was becoming kind of a, this mean, you know, those mean corporate women that, that you know, a lot of these corporations turn you into because they don't know how to deal with you as a woman. So they'd rather that you acted more like a man. And so you just become, you know, you're still a woman, but you, you just become mean and cause you can never be a man, right. That's not possible. So, right. um, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. who I was, I didn't like not being happy. I didn't, um, didn't like being, you know, not more involved in music. Um, so those two things, I just said, enough is enough, and I quit. Uh, that uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna. I really like this songwriting thing. I don't know what I'm doing, but um, I'm gonna write an album. What the heck? And I did. And uh, you know, the first four songs, I would say, first five songs, tried to you know, kind of produce myself because I didn't even understand what a producer did. I was just such a babe in the woods when it came to this whole songwriting. And it just got awful, right? They were just terrible. They were they were interesting concepts, but it was just like, oh, God, what are you thinking? And then, you know, one of the musician friends I had said, you know, I'm going to introduce you to a producer. I think it'll really make a difference because you've got some really interesting melodies and some hooky lines here, but you just don't know how to, you know, put it together the way it, that it needs to be put together. And so he hooked me up with my first producer, and uh, that was a, you know, great experience. I learned just enormous amount, and I spent about a year with him putting together my first album. And then I met, you know, then I was introduced to another producer and I learned more from a totally different perspective and put together the second album with the second producer. Um, at the same time, I was, you know, getting my band together. I really retooled, you know, you don't have the same people that you go do cover band gigs with every once in a while, You're transitioning to a you know professional project and so. Um, had really started side effects when that original music writing started. And um, so we started doing gigs, started testing out the new material, did really small gigs to start out with to, to see what would happen. And we're like, wow, I mean, people actually, they don't, they don't hate this music, which is just terrifying because as you know, a new songwriter, you're completely paranoid. I mean, you just you have no idea if people will like this or not like it and and you're you're you know basically putting every you know thing you have out exposed i mean you're completely naked at that well, point yeah it's, it's like, like putting your child your out there off your soul and just laying it out there for the world and and saying well you can pick it up or you can step on it so it's, it's a real test of if you have six in or not, let me tell you. Um, and, you know, there's 
there's lots of rejection that, that goes on with, with doing an original project, but it's also very rewarding because it is your own, right? I don't have to go seeing Katy Perry covers. I mean, I'm, I sing my own material, and there's really nothing like that in the world. And, you know, the band feels the same way. I mean, they much prefer to play original material than play covers. That's just, you know, that's just kind of across the board because covers are covers, right? It's fun to do every once in a while. I was going to say, it's probably fun to do every once in a while, but it, I would think there's just nothing quite like doing your own thing. And, and do a three covers is like, well, I see, I could jump out the window. Quite <laughs> 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 so bad, but it it, it, it is... Um, when you're dealing with professional musicians, which is what we all are, this is what we do full time, it is degrading to, you know, be hired and and you'll do it if you you know, if the money's right or you need the money, but it's um it's not your favorite thing to do. It's it doesn't allow creativity. But, um, I have members on West Coast and the East Coast. Um, we uh, have toured extensively, probably in the last, you know, two and a half years. We've done well over 300. A Caribbean event for the month of part of the month of November, which was just great fun. And I just got an email last night of another place. Says we want you to come down too, so um, that's okay. <laughs> those are those are places to go at all. Not to rub it in at all, Nikki Jean, but uh, you know. Uh. Did I? Oh. Did I hit all twenty questions? Pretty close. I think you. Yeah, I yeah. think you covered everything. That was awesome. It was. And um, it's it's interesting that, you know, you're you're certainly not the first person to come on the show and say, you know, I went and did the corporate America thing for a while and I became jaded and bitter and somebody who I didn't want to be and decided that it was time to follow my passion. Um, And we're always super excited when that works out for people. Because we believe it should always work out for people. <laughs> yeah, and that if there's organizational or structural things that might get in the way of that, that they need changing. But that's another show. But <laughs> um, because the fulfillment of the person too. There's something to be said for that. Uh, was that quote? Don't don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive. Because what the world needs is more people that have come alive. Yeah. So I, um, you know, one of the things that I've found since doing this hardcore changeover is I work more hours than I ever did when I was working corporate America, but I also am having more fun than I ever have in my entire life. And it's funny because it's, uh, you know, I, I work these incredibly long, long hours, but I don't even notice that it's their long hours. Well, it's because you're not really working, are you? You're playing, my dear. 
<laughs> it does feel like playing. When you're really doing something you love, it does feel like you're playing. And it, the greatest was when we were in the Caribbean, you know, I would explain, um, you know, the lifestyle that we had, which was just, just the uber-cool lifestyle, right? We, You know, you wake up late and the sun's shining and you see the ocean and then you kind of go to the beach and you hang out. And then you come back and get dressed, go play the music that you want to play for, you know, three hours. Maybe hang out at the bar, drink a few drinks, party, you know, kind of do the, as the band likes to call, the hang at the end of the night. Maybe stay out till, you know, three or four. And then you do it all over. And that's, you know, that's what we did every night. And it was just fantastic. I mean, it was there was nothing... You know, there was nothing to complain about. And it, and it time seems to go all flexible on me when I'm um, like in the passion. I know Gene and I can get to working on the radio show, particularly if we're like working on making a video or doing something, and we're just on it. And and then we look up and it's been hours, and you think it's been about twenty minutes. Like time. We'll just look up and go. Oh my goodness! I get. I gotta go. I gotta go. Just, ah. <laughs> but they say that's one of the side effects, and also one of the indicators when you're really when you're really into something. Time just sort of doesn't pass the same. I guess it's old Einstein's relativity again. What was it Einstein said about the sitting on the stove and one minute? Sitting on a stove seems like an hour, and an hour with a pretty girl seems like a minute. <laughs> and uh, um, so that's a really good indicator. But it is it's 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 hard to explain to people. They're like, you know, I see you on the computer like all the time. What do you? Oh, we got to post this and schedule this and do this and record that and voice over this. Nah, and they think it's crazy, and we think it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's tons of people out there who would think it's absolutely nuts to spend, you know, a month locked into a pen and a paper, you know, <laughs> as an author. I've done that. But then it's, you know, I guess it's the opposite of what you do. When you go into the studio and you actually, you're, you know, that's when you're doing your grind work, right? Um, and then you get to go out and play live, and that's that's really playtime. For an author, it's kind of the opposite because you you playtime is going out and getting the inspiration for when you got to sit and write. Well, maybe it is the same thing. I don't know, but it, it to me it's it's just as easy to sit and lose myself in the writing of a book as it is to go out and explore the world and get the inspiration for the story behind the book that I'm going to write. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I'd bet they're it's similar. It's like one's chocolate, one's vanilla. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I would agree with that statement. I would say, um, you know, studio work is fun. It's, it's very much like playing and it's, it's one of those things that everybody loves to do. Um, playing out obviously is really fun and um and, and a different kind of thing when you're in studio it's all about creativity and when you're 
doing a show, it's all about, you know, being a team, you know, pulling it together, sounding great, doing exactly what you need to do to pull the show off. So they're different. They're really different experiences. Um, I think the only frustrating from my standpoint as a songwriter is uh, becoming inspired. And it's funny, when I got off of this last tour and it was December, and I thought, wow, it's been a little while since I've written a song, and I, I really like to keep that songwriting on an ongoing basis because I think it, it's like anything, practice makes perfect, and you know you don't want to ever um, lose that skill set. And I could not do it. I couldn't write anything. I would try, and I, I just couldn't. I had absolutely no inspiration, and I found myself um, taking quite a few trips to try to get my mojo back because I couldn't, I, I just couldn't feel it. I couldn't, there was nothing that was um, getting me centered back into that songwriting mode, and I thought, oh, no, what if I've used up all my songs, <laughs> and you kind of go through <laughs> sort of, oh, geez, is it possible they're all gone, you know, and I, I have like a, you know, um, a 50 plus catalog at this point between the private songs I write and uh, the ones I've released under side effects. So it's, it's not like I haven't, you know, written quite a few. So I, I was terrified that I had used up all my song capability and, um, and then, you know, you, then you get inspired and I, I ended up getting this great inspiration. I took weekend in Charleston and fell in love with this beach town right outside of Charleston. Oh my gosh! It was it was like 50 degrees. It was sunshine, and it was just uh, it was right before Christmas. And the street was, you know, it should. I don't know what it looks like during their height of their season, but it was packed with people who were clearly just everybody had come home, you know, for the holidays and. So they just lived there. It was uh, it was that kind of beach community. So you had all these, you know, little infants. They were sitting on the tables, and you had, you know, people with, you know, toasting their beer cans, and you had a fire in the back. And it just it was like this is the coolest vibe I have encountered for such a long time. And in the background, you could see the sails drifting and gliding through the marshes. And on the other side, you could see the sun, you know, kissing the, the ocean. And you're, you're like, I, I've gone to heaven. I'm, I must be in heaven. I've died and I'm in heaven because it was just that perfect. Um, and I thought, oh, gosh, if I can't get a song out of this one, then there's something really, really wrong with me. But uh, lo and behold, I did I did get something out. So it was um, it was really fun to... You just never know where that inspiration is going to come next. Well, and that's part of the adventure, I would think, is tooling around looking for it. Yeah, you know, I found. I mean, I can understand it being a little scary when it's not there. Like, ah, where's it going to come back? Because it's almost sort of like not really sure where it came from to start with. So, where's it? Where'd it go? <laughs> I'm one can't go get inspired and um, it, it the inspiration come if this makes sense come to me I can't create that inspiration. 
And so it, it's frustrating. If I could figure out how I could create the inspiration, then I would go do it more often. But it's it, um, I haven't quite figured that trick out. Well, you you have to have some experience. You have to do some life living. And then something will grab you and go, hey, it's me. But like you said, I every time I have been short on guests on the schedule for the future or something and I get desperate or I decide, okay, I'm going to – I know some good people. I'll, I'll, I'll line up some good guests for the show. They're, maybe it's good material, but it doesn't seem to come at the right time. Or We have this – guests just come to us, sort of, and uh, and they arrive at the right time to talk about the right thing about, you know – funny because you're here talking about inspiration finding inspiration and oh i didn't and then i had the writer's block and then i and gene up there nikki jane is uh actually thinking about starting to write again maybe just coming out of my writer's block just coming out of that that down period and i think that i think that as artists sometimes we look at it the wrong way um it is scary as hell because, first of all, as a, as a as a writer and a creator and an artist, because I, I paint as well, so I write and I paint and I do the radio show. So, it's, you know, I, I wish I could sing and create music because, oh, my God, that's such a beautiful gift. But I have my own things and it's all good. But I understand what you're saying because it's such a part of you. Creation is such a part of you. It's an extension of all that you are. And when you can't take that inner being out and put it, into some kind of physical form like music that you're used to doing it's scary you know because you're wondering am i am i just not feeling anything like have i you know where did my emotion go where did my my caring my interest in things go have i just lost that connection did i use it up scary but did i use it up and it is scary but i think that sometimes we forget that you know we put as artists and creators we put so much of ourselves so much energy into our creations that i think it's just nature's way of rejuvenating us it's it's very much like you know the name that i adopted as an author which was with phoenix that you you need to burn out a little so that you can be reborn into something new and beautiful, some new beautiful form of, of creative energy. I think it's our downtime. I think it's our time to relax and to to get our strength back because we spend so much energy in the act of creation and in the act of sharing. Um, and I think maybe as artists, we need to embrace writer's block. We need to say, yeah, this is cool. I can just be Battery still. Battery recharge for, time. Yeah, be still for a while. Um, because like you said, when you stop looking for the inspiration, when you stop trying to force it, that's usually when it just kind of stumbles your way. I would, I would agree with that. I, I, I think I'm still having difficulties with embracing writer's block. So I don't know that I'll ever kind of embrace that, but I hear what you're saying. So we're, we're moving on towards that time when we hand out websites and make sure that people know how to find your where you're going to be and what you're doing and get your albums. Uh, but we do also have one more song to play. Um, tell us a little bit about The Man I Used to Know. So this is kind of a fun song in many respects. Um, I, I'll, t- I'll tell you, I decided 
for some crazy reason, I decided, well, you know, this is a, it's very, even though it's not a, um, it, it's, a it's a sexual song in the sense that it talks about, you know, a, a lover of a woman. Um, so I thought, well, you know, I'll do a music video and I'll do it in my underwear. And uh, because I think, if you do something in your underwear on YouTube, it'll go viral. And the manager said, huh, it's probably, probably true. So this is all on, you know, pen and paper. Then actually shooting a video, I got seriously cold feet. I was like, you know, I just don't know that I can, I can really do this in my underwear. And I had this actor who was really nice, but I didn't really know him that was recommended by the video producer. And we um, had gotten, we did the whole thing in this uh, hotel room downtown New York City. And so first I I wouldn't show my underwear. I was just wearing a robe and we we started shooting. And and, uh, the co-producer says, well, I think we just need to lighten things up. I'll be right back. Then she comes up with two bottles of vodka, three bottles of wine, and she says, let's all have a drink first. And that that pretty much kind of helped everybody to relax immediately. So next thing you know, look up, and across the street, in Europe, I would say on maybe like the 20th, 25th floor, so across the street, on their 25th, there's about 12, 13 people who are all at the window staring to do this music video. Lo and behold, you know exactly what I'm thinking, that we're shooting some porn movies, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it is pretty funny. I mean, how funny can it be? So we thought, well, let's just look it up. So we started making signs. Explain. Okay, this this is a music video, and you know they start cheering and everything like that. At that point, I know, well we can't, we can't talk to these people all day. We have to actually get this done. With proof. So uh, you know, at that point, I'll laugh so hard and started drinking so much that it just sort of eased everything, and and we ended up being able to. I ended up being able to do this this crazy music video. We put it up and we um, did a soft announcement on the Playboy radio channel, which was appropriate at the time. And sure enough, <laughs> viral. All of a sudden, you know, 300,000 you know, YouTube hits in a matter of know, seven days. Just insane. And the comments let in, and they were in every language you could possibly think of. I don't even know what they were saying, but apparently it flagged off thing. So YouTube started to leave all the comments, which I didn't know that they did that. <laughs> that, that sort of funny, funny piece of it as well. Um, that's, kind of a, that's the after story of, of the song of, of this is taken on its, its own life. And right now <laughs> radio stations who have started adding playlist um as well but it's actually 
this is one of those songs that is about and I had, um, you know, really thought, and it, it kind of applies, I think, to a lot of women, where you meet this guy and you think he's, he's it, right? He's the guy. And then the more you peel back that onion, you're like, mm, I don't think so. And so, you know, it's not really the guy that, that I knew. Um, and you kind of go in your and back in your mind, and you know the guy I thought I knew this, this person, and I don't know if he changed or I changed, but it, you know, this is not gonna, this is not gonna work, and that's the crux of the song. Yeah. So, so whatever happened to this man I used to know? He was a lot of fun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know that feeling. I said, unfortunately. <laughs> mm. And actually, with that, it, it turned out to be that she changed because she thought that's the way I wanted it. And yeah, it was a long mess. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> relationships, what fun. Fertile ground, I should think. Yeah. So this is the man I used to know. We'll be back in about three minutes. Stay with us, folks.
And welcome back, everybody. So that was the man I used to know. I used to know a guy. Oh. No. Not me. Somebody. Where's your little drum? Oh, that one. Yeah. It's funny. I never know when something's not going to go over, so I never have it ready. It's true. Happens. You mean that one? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Maybe maybe I should have power over that button. Yeah. Well, I keep threatening to teach you how to use the studio so that the show won't disappear if my connection goes bad. But maybe one day. It could happen. One day when we grow up and be big radio people. Could happen. Could happen. Nah, because then we'll have tax. Yes. We pay somebody to do that. Ah. Absolutely. Okay. My computer did something strange. Hmm. Interesting. Speaking of computers, so how do we find this lovely young lady and all her multi-talented musical genius on our computer? Well, I think the easiest way would be to go direct to sidefxband.net. That's side fx s i d e f x b a n d dot net and from there they you can find uh their music some videos uh and i i i guess there's the yeah shows will tell you where they're going to be and uh she says right here date 22 tuesday everyday connection radio show and then friday the 8th on playboy radio And, That's uh, awesome. Yeah, and then playing at a winery. Hey, that we could. Oh man, that. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I knew I knew that was gonna get you. Mm. Oh. Uh, someday I'm gonna do a book signing in a winery. There you go. Or well, a radio you, show on location, radio show at a winery. There's one right around, not far from your house, right? There are several. And, I live but the in one the with the chapel of, is the winery thing place. Yes. I saw an article about ice wine time up there in Canada now. Yeah, it's fabulous. Go pick frozen Um, grapes in the middle of the night and make wine out of them. Absolutely. I just want to know who first figured that out. Who who went out in the middle of the night and picked a bunch of frozen grapes and figured out they made good wine? That that seems a bit of a leap to me. I would think that probably what happened is that their crop froze. And that they did it out of desperation. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. I was thinking they were all just sitting on Every great invention in the history of man was an accident, right? It was most like, oh, crap, happened. that really happened? Almost mostly, even, you know, including the tire, the, the tire, the rubber that makes your tires. The reason yeah. that it, it changed to be usable to make tires was because it got flicked over his shoulder and it landed on a hot plate and mixed with another chemical by accident and there now you have rubber. You know, that's just one example. He he forgot to wash his petri dishes when he went on vacation. So when he came back there was mold grown in one and it killed all the stuff and he was like, Hey, what is that moldy stuff? Penicillin. Penicillin. Yeah. So yeah, I mean the the greatest greatest inventions in the history of man are are accidents. So why not ice wine? So how'd I do, Cam? Uh Hmm. 
SideFXBand.net, this would be the right place to send everybody? Yes. You know, there's a lot of ways to get to us. Um, uh, people always, you know, would not remember the .net. So you can also get to the same website by going to SideFXMusic.com. Uh, or you can go to KimCameronMusic.com, and that's my site, but it has links over to SideFX, and it's has the same show schedule and things like that. So a uh, couple different ways. We have a Facebook page um, that is is becoming more and more confusing to me, the way Facebook is doing things, but that is um, facebook.com slash chipx and Kim Cameron. We have a Twitter page, which I am a big Twitter fan. I think that's great fun, um, which is uh, twitter.com slash side effect fan. And, um, you know, I don't know if the new redesign of MySpace, but that place is cool right now. I'm still learning it um, since they've redesigned it. But we've we've always done on it, but now it's totally different. So um, that, I can give you our, our URL for it. I, I haven't actually tried to see if you can get there with that because when you go on there, you're going to see it's so different. But it's um, MySpace dot com slash side effects band net net. So we're, we're oh no YouTube. You have a YouTube as well where people can go and see your videos. Yes, I have a YouTube which is called YouTube dot com slash side effects and Kim Cameron, and we are up to about point four million YouTube views now. Woohoo! Big time. That's pretty awesome. And 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 I would have to say that that, I, that you were probably right about that whole you know okay well if I could just manage to convince my conscience to do this in my underwear it'll go viral because I know there's been people that have tried that before and had things go viral because they were acting crazy. Okay, I well I'm been... just putting it out there I am not doing a radio show in my underwear. Okay. It's not just photo go viral. I'm just I've saying. Past the whole underwear thing, you know. What I found after I did the underwear thing was I'm really just in a bathing suit. Yeah. I was going to say there's – I know a lot of women whose underwear actually covers more of them than their bikini does, but they feel funny in their underwear because it's underwear. I know. So once you get past that, and it was funny, by the end of the night, of course, you know, it was in all these suits. So we started in the morning, and then we finished around 1 a.m. or something. By the time, you know, nine rolls around and – of course, I had had some wine. I didn't care who saw me. I, you know, just, just didn't matter. Could we get finished with this? Rock. It doesn't really matter anymore. There's nothing more to see, right? So, um, well, you- I give you all kinds of credit, my dear. I actually have great respect and admiration for women who can do stuff like that. Um, simply because I can't even wear a bathing suit in public. I have this thing about showing. Flesh. I don't know what that's about, but any woman who can go out in public in a bikini or, you know, do videos like that and, and just be proud of the fact that women's bodies are beautiful and, and you know, they are pleasing to the eye and they should be something to celebrate. So good for you for doing it. I'm still not going to do a radio show in underwear, but that's only because I'm terrified. Of- but But she's done them in her pajamas before, people. Yes, definitely. Yeah. In fact, definitely. she's in her bedroom now because we, we had bad connection at the office. 
You used to do all the shows from your bedroom. I remember when I used to have to check, make sure you didn't fall asleep laying down on the bed doing the radio show. I did used to, yeah. I mean, if I'm, you know, I'm I'm lying on the bed right now. We'd play, we'd play Earth Prayer and you'd, whew, gone. And there I went. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this has been big fun. I'm so glad that, that Jeff said you should get Kim. Because that's how we met Kim was through Jeff Feria, the uh, Patriots of Mars. This has been great fun. And uh, you guys are fantastic. Oh. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will, of course, and have an archive of the show up. I said, and she is super talented. Yes. Yes. And we'll have you know links to your site and links to all these links that we've talked about, and and uh, so that people will be able to find you from EverydayConnection.me. But we have we have thousands of podcast listeners, and so we always make sure we get the URLs read out, and because I've put them in the chat room, and people if they miss it can always say Facebook, and I just put it again, and. Um, but we do. We have we have a whole army of podcast listeners out there that get us on their iPod the next morning. I guess, and uh, uh, yeah. amazing. It's amazing. We we don't know where they all came from, but we're sure glad they came. Well, not a takeaway from this is that I really need to have a name like Nikki Jean. I think that is the coolest thing. She's got two names, and I'm it's like. You know, I, I just don't even, I'm just Kim. I'm not even Kimberly. I'm just Kim. And I just feel like I, I don't have a two-syllable thing. And you've got this two-syllable, really cool two first names. It's 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 totally by accident. Um, and, and it was just, you know, I wasn't ready, ready to stand on my truth of who I was. I also went and did the got to make money and not be an artist. And, follow, and interestingly enough, I went to school for journalism as well. Um, <laughs> so that's, you know, and I, I went I went down that path. Although, you know, I didn't go corporate. I went into the service industry. And you can make a killing being a waitress, but you got to put in the hours. And, you know, it, it can affect your – it's late hours if you're if you're working places. Anyways, it can affect your home life. It can, it can affect your health. Um and I spent years not creating stuff. And when I finally got to the point where I was ready and willing to create and write and do what my heart was telling me to do, I was terrified of how people would take that. So I adopted a pen name so that I could hide my identity from the world. And in the process of doing that, I learned that that was probably um, the craziest thing I've ever done because... I was writing all this honest, truthful, open stuff about me, and yet I was using somebody else's name. Um, so eventually I just came out and said, this is who I am, and people but started we, calling me Nikki Jean. Yeah, <laughs> when we started the show, it was, you know, Jean Victoria Norlock, author, co-host, and, you know, I think we actually, like, told somebody that Nikki was your sister or something, so they wouldn't call you that on the on the air. And... And then one time I was explaining that to a guest, and you just said, oh, I don't care. And I was like, oh, yay. Yeah. She has a name. And, then, and just, it was just um, somebody Somebody started calling me, you know. And now it's um, it's become almost commonplace. We get like every second guest goes, Nikki Jean. <laughs> yeah. 
I've always thought it was cool. That's that's the the folder I save all your stuff on my computer and everything. It's Nikki Jean. Of course, being down <laughs> being down here in Texas, we do that sort of thing. One of my first girlfriends was named Joellen. Mm, really? Yeah. Joellen. Awesome. Joellen Million, as a matter of fact. Awesome. Well, I'll trade you a little bit of your artistic musical talent for uh, a double name. All right. Yeah, she's a writer. She can make that up. <laughs> Our resident wordsmith. We have people coming. We have who do we have? Somebody's coming. I don't know. You have the schedule. I haven't gotten to that point yet. I'm back to work. Yes, but Ron Lewis. Oh yes, that's right. Because we're going to talk first? about Christianity, and right. and it's going to be fun. Cause... And then and then we have Christy. Yeah, because on his first show, he was like, you know, well, he was almost like holding back because he wasn't sure he could say that. And we're like, we tell yeah. everybody. Nothing off limits on this show. We There's going to be a lot of soapboxing that night, have, so, you know. We're an equal opportunity show. We have musicians, authors, Buddhists, Christians, agnostics, whatever. Um, Absolutely. But we um, expect everybody to stand on their truth and tell their story when they're here, because why not? And then next Tuesday, a week from tonight, we have Christy Lynn Abram, uh, also known to many of her fans as Christy Love, and uh, she calls herself a holistic muse. And so I'll leave that to the imagination of the listeners. Have to tune in a week from tonight to find out. Oh, that's cool. But do do join us Thursday for Ron Lewis's return visit. We're excited to have him back again. And um, tomorrow, is there something tomorrow? I don't know. Well, Bill's show, Wednesday night, Hump Day show. Hump Day show. On Inner Inner Child. And uh, so you guys can check them out and then join us on Thursday. And uh, until that time comes. To each other, to our planet, and to yourselves, stay connected. It gets me. Changes every time now. Yay. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Night all. It's again, Kev. <laughs> We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. question of your life the only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with with the incredible selection of diamonds at jared and our price match guarantee you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love visit your local jared store today and dare to be devoted we promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer see jared.com slash price match for details 
So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See Jared.com slash price match for details.